You're listening to Irish Radio Canada at home and abroad. And I have the pleasure of introducing you to a Limerick-born singer uh, who has just launched her first solo album, her first debut album, and it is Susan Quirk. And Susan is based in The Hinch. And I had the pleasure of chatting with uh, one of, I suppose, her inspiration or, or someone who encourages her greatly, Rory McKiernan recently, and Rory talked about his book. And uh, we're now over focusing on Susan's music today. And the, the release was just at the end of April, and it is called Into the Sea. And I know we had some singles from it earlier in the year. Susan, thanks a million, first of all, for coming along for having a chat. And I'm interested in finding out about the inspiration behind the music. Thanks for having me, Austin. Lovely to be here. So, so where yeah. in where in Limerick? I'm from a little village called Ula, which some people call Zero Zero LA, and it's on the main stretch of road from Tipperary Town to Limerick City. Small little village there in County Limerick. Well, yeah, I passed through it because I was thinking of the Ula Bula as we were doing so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's where the roots are from. But I'm living in a just in between the Hinch and the Simon in County Clare now, so uh, a banner woman, as they say these days. Music and the family, do you come from a musical family, or was it just something that you your own love of? I do. My dad is a rock and roller, and uh, when he was a young fella, he used to play in a band that toured a lot uh, called the Hijackers, and his dad was a fiddler as well. And I think his dad, my, that would be my grandfather, uh, won the flat hill for, for fiddle fame. So there was, there was music in the quirk line. And then my mother is Coyle and her roots are actually from Kilnamona in County Clare. That's where her mother is from. And so there would be a lot of music in that side as well. And my mother loves classical music and I would have grown up listening to a lot of classical and would have trained in the, in the piano classically. Right. So I kind of listened to all sorts of music growing up, many different genres and yeah, it was in the in the blood. So when it came then to developing your own style, I guess it's an element of fusion of all the various historical backgrounds. Yeah, I, I suppose it has to soak into you through osmosis, doesn't it? It's it just your environment kind of soaks into your cells, whether you wanted to or not. And I would have also listened to a lot of rock music in my teens, and I loved rock bands and American indie and folk and... So I, I really adore, um, I even love like listening to Gregorian chant, you know, so I, I don't know, I find it, when people ask me what genre my music is, I find it very difficult to answer that question. Um, some people call it, call it indie folk, rock, ethereal, uh, you know, I have the notion what to call it myself, but I suppose we're, we're influenced by our environment, right, Austin? <laughs> so um, who then would you be kind of pointing at? as your inspiration, if you were to say what influenced you most or what, or what would influence your output? Yeah, um, well, there's one artist this morning that I was listening to. He's an Australian artist called Xavier Rudd. And when I listen to his music, it just something happens in my body. I just get energies pumping through my body when I listen to him. He's so beautiful and he's very connected with Indigenous Aboriginal Australians and he just sings about the earth and creation and but he's he's got 
really cool beats and a reggae and rock vibe as well. And I love his music. And I also love Colin McEnumra, the violin player who played with the Frames in Ireland. Um, he's also played on my record. I, I've listened to a lot of Colin's music. And then I grew up listening to the Cranberries, you know, the Doris to Reardon, um, and to see a female rock singer leading an awesome rock band touring the world from my home county had a huge impact on me to see that something like that was possible because it was so rare to see female leads um, in that way. So, I, yeah, lots of different inspiration uh, coming from here and there and everywhere. And then when it came to your own performance of going on stage, you've been at Electric Picnic, you've been on the festival scene. Where did you cross the line and say, I'm going to get into music and I want to put my music out there? God, that's a good question. Um, I started writing music. I was late to the game. I mean, I, I've had a couple of different eras in my musical paths. Um, I was actually just chatting to someone about this yesterday. Like, I went to a rock school in Dublin, for example, in my early 20s. After I did my degree and I travelled, I came back to rock school. And I rock school was meant to be two years and I only stayed there for one year and um, so I'm a rock school dropout as well as everything else often um, and the thing is it actually really closed down my musicality um, I think I I kind of had an out fit of the comparisonitis and when I was surrounded by so many other musicians and people that were so talented my god the talent was off the Richter scale I just stopped playing for a couple of years because I just thought, what is the point? I'm useless in comparison to all these other people. Um, so th there was a lot of stop start. And then a good friend of mine, a beautiful woman called Fiona Faye, she's one of my best friends. She was writing a screenplay for a movie. And then she just asked me, she's like, Susan, I want you to write a song for this movie. And that invitation really opened the floodgates for me and I started writing again and Fiona Faye now unfortunately she passed away a couple of years ago from, from illness um, but Fiona's invitation opened something inside me and I'm so eternally grateful to her soul for, for that gift for reigniting um, the belief in myself that I'm able to write a song yeah so that that then started lots of new, new songs I, I, I'm, I'm blown away that there's such a thing as a rock school I never because <laughs> I was thought of the nature of it that an awful lot of people in rock music were dropouts to start with <laughs> yeah you know what it works for some people but whatever type of personality I am it just it closed me down rather than opened me up but that's my own that's my own unworthiness and confidence no. in self issues you know no it's just I would have thought that to some degree rock music I won't quite I, is, I won't totally say it's totally unstructured but that of its nature there's a, a spont well there's a rebellion about it that would say going to school is conforming yeah for sure yeah I hear you it's a contradiction in terms in many ways that's what I'm like <laughs> yeah. So, have you seen uh, the Speed of Rock, Jack Black's movie? Have you seen that that movie with the kids in Rock School? Right. Have you have you heard of that movie? The no, of Rock? no, no, no. Oh, it's great fun. Check it out. It's right. really good fun. And where is the Rock School in Dublin? Uh, it's Ballyfermot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And loads of great musicians have come through there. Uh, Wallace Burge came through there. Um, lots of great Irish artists, I think, uh, did this stint there. So. You know, it's great. It just, it just wasn't, didn't suit me. 
Right, right. So, <laughs> so then, as I say, putting the, the pen to paper writing and going into the studio and recording. Um, I always put it to somebody who is in the uh, creative mode that you take a risk and you lay yourself naked in front of an audience. Uh, and it's very much must be when you stand out there and you put your music out there and then you put it out on a, on a, an album. Uh, you're very, making yourself very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and a beautiful musician, well-known musician in Ireland, gave me a little nugget of wisdom that really penetrated into my psyche. And he said, Susan, my only job is to channel and to create the music and to release it and it's none of my business what anyone thinks of my music and so I like that it's almost like a you're just transmitting something and if people like it they like it and if, if they don't they don't art is so subjective um, and that's the beauty of it you know we're all we're all connected and attracted to different um, types of art and creators and that's, that's the gorgeousness of humanity isn't it so I, I try to abide by that and, and you know follow that notion that it's actually it's known it's not my business what people think of my music I love that it, it works for me yeah I, I, I get it to one degree but I guess unlike a lot of other things where you're very dependent on feedback from an audience whether it be in the form of applause or a vibe uh, that's that in some way must feed something that allows you to further go on, to say, yeah, this is working. What I'm doing is fulfilling me. Yeah. Yeah, and there's that lovely symbiosis that happens when you're in a room with people and energy is created when, when there's feedback and a response. And I absolutely hear what you're saying there. And then there's something about the artist just owning their art as well. Another, another little bit of wisdom that I got was never play for the crowd you know if you feel the crowd wants a certain type of song and you change up your set it can totally lose structure and you lose something so it was just like decide what you're going to play and you play your art you play what feels good to you and don't play for what people what you know don't play to what the response is just play for yourself and if people like it that's cool and if, if not you just have to wear it. And I like that too. So you're, I guess there's just an honouring of your own voice and your own creativity and if people are into it, that's cool. And when you're not performing and when you're not in music, you have another life which is very much working with people and working with yourself to, to deal with situations like we've gone through for the last year. It's coping with challenges. Um, that side of you and that part of you that comes through in your music would how would you relate the two yeah uh, so I'm a meditation teacher I teach people to learn how to meditate and teach people all over the world through the use of technology which is amazing um, and for me meditation and music are deeply interwoven because uh, the meditation technique that I do I meditate twice a day it means that you're you're dropping down into deeper layers of awareness and you're penetrating down into deeper levels of your being and you get access to kind of deeper aspects of self, to wisdom, to creativity. 
And then that kind of rises up and infuses into your consciousness, into your mind. Inspiration can flow when you crack open the depths and connect with the essence of who you are, I guess. Um, that is there outside of the conditioning or the stories around us. It's just a deep connection with self. Um, something that I always yearn to to do and to be. Um, and so then that, that absolutely would have to, to flow into the music, right? And, you know, oftentimes when I teach people to learn how to meditate, maybe a couple of months later, someone emails me and they're like, Jesus, I've started writing poetry or I've started writing music or um, or they're just thinking more creatively. They're most solution focused or, you know, so these are the, the byproducts products of, of a meditation practice. From my experience, anyway, it's a, it's a lovely tool to have. That type of life requires a degree of cooperation from your life partner. Uh, there needs to be uh, serenity in your surroundings. Like it, that for you to, be, to do what you do and to feel what you feel, it would be impossible to do it if you were living in chaos to some degree, even though it would be all the more necessary. Mm. And I mean in relationship or emotional chaos. And I would imagine some of the people that you are working with are coming to you because they're struggling with those type of environments, particularly at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And the thing is, I've worked with people from all walks of life, often from CEOs of global companies who have thousands of staff worldwide to, you know, a dad or a man who has toddlers and they're just really deeply stressed. Um and the thing is, everyone can do it. There's always a way to fit it into the day. Um, and, you know, like one of the most profound bits of feedback I, I received was from a parent who told me that they, they stopped shouting at their children, that they don't shout at their kids anymore since they started meditating. And, you know, we can all lose it sometimes and we can all shout and that's part of life as well. It's okay. You know, it's not about being a saint or a perfection by any means, but just when someone's laundering and washing so much stress and anxiety from their system and they're connecting with themselves on a very deep level just means that we're less reactive and we can kind of respond to the stresses of life with greater wisdom and and energy and um, awareness I guess so it has lots of different beautiful ripple effects you know I could talk about it until the cows come home (laughs) they have to stop me Uh, all the different stories you know of how it helps (laughs) so you, you had to go through a virtual launch of the album. Yeah. Uh, things are starting to open up, and the festival season looks like it may happen to some degree this year. Are you hoping that you'll be able to get out on stage? I'm not planning anything because it's just so hard to know, often if there's going to be another surge or a wave. And I just feel personally myself need a few more months to really see how things are moving. So I've no plans to to, to do that yet. Um, I don't think any of the bigger festivals are opening up. But so then when it comes to the virtual launch and getting the album out there, as with Rory and the books, it has its challenges. Yeah. A lot of people told me I was, you know, what are you doing releasing an album at this time? But the thing is, the album was actually made about two and a half years ago. It was just sitting on my laptop. And... I just knew in my heart it wasn't the right time to release it. This is pre-pandemic. I just wasn't ready or it just wasn't right. Um, And for whatever reason, just over the last year, I knew it was the the right time. I just could feel an intuition just for me personally. I I needed to release it. And 
you know, Rory, my, my lovely husband, would be kind of giving me that it kicks up the bum as I'm saying, excuse me, you have to get that thing out because it's almost like energetically draining you, just sitting there pulsing in the corner, you know, and it's like you have to release it so new songs can flow through you so you can just release it out into the world and then open up the gateway to see what else wants to come through, you know. So, yeah, there was that little dance with it as well. So it just felt like the right time and a really good time for me and I'm delighted with how it's been going. It's been you know, it's just been beyond my expectations. It's been lovely, and the response has been lovely, and uh, which is none of my business, of course. <laughs> um, but <laughs> it's been great, and I've enjoyed it, which is the most important thing. Thanks. Well, if anyone does want to get their hands on it, we're going to play a track. Uh, what track should we should we wrap up with? Um, we could play to the bone. Maybe that okay. I was listening to that earlier today. It's a nice, sweet one. Could give that a lash. Okay, and where can uh, anyone get their hands on it or where can they find you? They can find me on my website, which is susanquirk.com. Susan, Q-U-I-R-K-E.com. Susan, it's been a great pleasure meeting you and chatting with you. And uh, this is uh, a track from the album To the Bone, and the album is titled Into the Sea. Susan, thanks a million. Thanks so much, Austin. Thank you.